We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into episode number 190 of Greatest Pot in the South. I'm Neil McCready, J.G. Tate with me here today as well as we tape on a Wednesday afternoon. Hope you're having a great week. Appreciate you making us a part of it. Last week was totally my fault. I screwed up. I've got a, um, yeah, we didn't we didn't have a show last week and it was my fault because I was chasing something and I, it just, it was my fault. Jay was ready to go. I wasn't. It happens. But we're here today. Thanks for being with us. And I'm uh, going to talk about a number of different things. Going to talk a lot of football. Going to talk about um, Jay's uh, attended an Amy Schumer concert that he's jacked up about. He Jay is fired up about. He didn't anticipate Amy Schumer being the venue for uh, for his like kind of almost like a heavenly experience. And by God, it was. So we'll talk about that and more. Jay, how are you? Oh, it is great to be here. I'm glad you brought up the Amy Schumer thing. It got me excited. That's a great way to get things started because we have to talk about football to start with. But I can just let that savor and sit and marinate right. for a few minutes. You can just know that it's just sitting there in a glass waiting for you. Just, just mm, waiting to go. Yeah, like right. that cat head. Uh, I, I gotta ask you about. I gotta ask you about this Auburn deal because you're you're covering once again uh, one of the most um, interesting slash tumultuous slash sort of controversial stories that are out there. You're once good again. at it. Once, once again. again. So the coup didn't work. Harson got more time. They played Penn State last Saturday. Auburn did there at Jordan-Hare. did not go well for the uh, the home team. Uh, Penn State won. 41-12. 40, 41-12. I was yes, trying to pick up the Yummy. 41-12. Uh, and ever since then, it's been total chaos uh, around around there, at least from a media standpoint. Can Is there a scenario where Harson survives this, Jay? Or re, oh, let, me re, let me rephrase that. Is there a realistic scenario where Harson survives that? I do not see a realistic scenario where Harson survives this. I just don't. Um, at this point, I think it's Fubar. I mean, the scenario for him to stay would be he'd have to reel off. I mean, I don't know, five or six wins in a row. And he's got Missouri this weekend. And then he's got LSU, which they're not the hardest. But then you've got <clears throat> you're going to Georgia. So you yeah. know what time that is. They're pretty good. You're going to daddy's lap and he's mad. Um, you've been talking bad to mama. That's how it worked in the Tate household anyway. He would beat my ass. And then uh, you got Ole Miss, which, you know, I'm not really seeing that happening. And then then you got Arkansas, which I'm also not really seeing happening. I mean, and it just continues. Um, so it would take a lot of crazy upsets for him to stay here. I, I can't even imagine a scenario like that. It would be more shocking to me if that happened. It'd be one of the craziest things I ever saw. Is there a scenario where he doesn't get to the end of the year? Oh, yeah. I, and to me, that's the most common or the most likely scenario, I should say. And that to me, if I'm just playing it in my head, that's probably 70 or 75% likely. Because, I mean, really, one more bad loss. Maybe if you lose to Georgia and get crushed, it's not that big a deal. But, you know, let's say Ole Miss beat them by 30 or, or they lost to Missouri at all. Or if the LSU beat them by 30 or something, I, I think that would do it. I think they would just cut their losses right there. They've got a second interim AD there a guy who's been here a while, and I think that, you know, he's there to do what's got to be done. And someone so, who's got to do the dirty work, it's him because he's not going to be the long-term solution. 
So they hire a new AD to hire a new coach. Is that what you anticipate? Or I mean, what? What's, that would be my anticipation, right? So you have this interim AD who's a good dude. I mean, I, I think he's got a role here long term. I just don't necessarily think it's AD. So he would do the firing, right, in this scenario, and then they'd have to hire an AD, which I, they're working on it right now. I think they can yeah. get that done in maybe two yeah. months or whatever, mm-hmm. and then that person hires the next head coach at Auburn. Kind of a messed up situation, but. Honestly, man, this is playing out about the way I thought it would. I mean, I, I've been talking on this this show and our show about how they don't have a lot of talent, particularly a quarterback. They have the worst quarterback situation in the SEC, and none of these guys, at least so far, are reliable playmakers. So this is what happens. So T.J. Finley started the game against Penn State. He, he was ineffective. Um, there, there's a report out. I can't remember who reported it, so forgive me, whoever is out there, if you're listening, uh, that, that Finley's not available uh, or, or is, is injured and, and will not play against Missouri on Saturday. Is that accurate? Uh, that's my belief, yeah. I mean, I'm not out there. They, they close it off. But I believe he's both hurt to some degree, and I also think they just don't believe in him right now. So – he gets asked about it today on the Wednesday on the SEC coaches teleconference. He does the whole, we don't talk about injuries thingy, um, which is fine. It, yeah. whatever. It's fine. You know, what's funny is, is it's, it, it's more, I think coaches do themselves a disservice on that when they say, we just don't ever talk about it when it's kind of like there, like Kiffin's gotten a lot better about that. Like he said the other day about, we asked about, Kari Coleman, a linebacker for, for Ole Miss that got hurt against Georgia Tech. And he's like, yeah, he was out there. He should play. I, I think he'll play. You know, which is like, okay, cool. And if he doesn't play, then he doesn't play. But you – this anyway. So is it Robbie Ashford's job now against Missouri? And is, is Robbie multifaceted enough, versatile enough to, to beat an SEC team? Um, potentially maybe a bottom half SEC team. The thing that Robbie gives you is he's a very gifted runner. I mean, he, he really has some running ability for real. He has great acceleration. I feel like he has pretty good vision. Um, he just, his passing is no better than TJ's. It's probably a D. And so you've got to, I think if you're going to try to mitigate this, uh, and, and get through this season, and give yourself a chance, I think you've got to consider all options at quarterback. And I don't think Robbie's the solution. They have a true freshman who's been here since January that they're really, really high on. His name is Holden Gurner. He's from Georgia. They were really stoked to sign him. They felt like he was one hell of a player. And he's been here again since January. When I watched him in the fall camps, I thought he had the most arm talent of all the guys. Like when you had to make some of these tricky throws where you kind of loft him over safeties and get him into a pocket over that, a lot of these dudes like TJ, they're throwing lasers that are too high and they're too hard. Holden knew to take a little bit off and loft it, you know. And I was like, this kid's got it. You know, this kid has an idea. He's still 18 years old. He's never played in a college game, so there's a lot going against him. But I think they're, they are repping him with the first team this week, along with Robbie Ashford. It's the first time that Holden's gotten this kind of treatment. So I would be surprised if he did not take some snaps in this game coming up against Missouri because if he has the ability to help you, it's got to be now. Because you cannot throw him to the Wolves against LSU or Georgia or Ole Miss or Arkansas. You just can't do it. And if you're not going to do it in that window, if you, it's over. I mean, you're not going to start playing him against Mississippi State in like late October. I mean, come on. He's a freshman. You want to try to hold on to the red shirt in that situation. But right now, if he can help you, give it a shot. Missouri's the team to do it against. Have so, the fans turned yet? What's I mean, it's an 11 a.m. game there at, at Jordan-Hare. What will the attendance be for, for Mizzou? I still think it'll be fairly good. It's going to be a really nice day. Um, the weather here has been insane. I, I guess it's been the same way in Oxford, but um, I think it's going to be a great day for football. Again, 11 a.m. sucks, but, I mean, if you want to say goodbye to Harson, you know, this might be one of your last chances. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I'm just teasing kind of, but, I mean, if they lost, seriously, if they lose this game, I think that's it. I think they fire him. Um, I think he's walking that close. I mean, that Penn State game was an absolute debacle, Neil. They were impotent. I mean, the second half, Auburn at home. I have not seen them that bad at home since they lost to NM with Manziel, which is 2012. I went in the hospital for three days after that. It was so bad. <laughs> That's true. I was in the hospital. Uh, they lost that game like 52 to 14 or something like that. I actually felt like this game was worse uh, than that, just incrementally. Where's, um, speaking of Texas A&M, where's, where's Calzada? Yeah, I think 
I don't. It's another one of those shell games that Hartson's playing. I think something's. We know something's wrong with Calzada because we thought he'd be the starter right now, and he sucked all the way through camp. And they haven't even considered him for the job to this point. Because I mean, listen, dude, if you could play quarterback right now, you'd have a chance. Yeah. I think he's injured, and I think he's been putting off surgery. He's been asked to put off surgery to try to compete. And I think at some point here soon, he's just going to throw in the towel and say, "I got to have surgery. I'm out." That's what I think is going on with Zach Calzada. And that's been, Neil, that development has been a huge thing. Because if he's out there playing like I think he could play, like you, let's say you took the level he was showing at AM last year and you add 10%, you know, just from getting better, I think they'd be okay. I'm not saying Auburn would be great. I still don't think they're as good as Ole Miss right now and, and anybody above that, but they'd be okay. They would have been competitive in the Penn State game, but that's not what happened. So. so- it's a mess. So that, that that job's gonna come open. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I've never understood the whole interim coach thing because the the risk you take when you hire an interim coach is that the team rallies around them. Yeah, but Auburn coach. Auburn doesn't have anybody. They don't have anybody who has that kind of a caliber. No way. It's not like there's some dude you know who like been a head coach ten years, like Kevin Steele, if he had still been here. Here's a guy that you know coached at Baylor. Uh, as a head coach, and he's been an assistant forever. That He's an obvious choice. He's gone. And the dudes who are coordinators right now have never done much of anything, so I don't even know where you would go. Uh, there's nobody that jumps out to me. Okay, so the, the, the Iron Bowl will eventually be played. Yeah, when, it, when it is, <laughs> the season will be over. If if uh, if you're right, if this is chaos and they're going yeah. to have to lose a bunch of games. When that job opens up, I mean – John Talty wrote about Lane Kiffin the other day. To me, Lane Kiffin and Auburn, it's it's just it's a complete it's a complete disaster of a fit. Like it's a terrible, terrible fit. And I'm not saying Auburn's not a great job or that Auburn's not a better job than the job he has or any of that. Auburn is not, in my opinion, Jay. Feel free to tell me I'm I'm an in, I'm an idiot. I don't think Auburn and Lane Kiffin fit one another at all. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you on this. And I've heard you say this before, and I have agreed with you 100 percent before. I say it, I think you're more right now than you've ever been. And the fit is, this is why we're here. This is why Auburn yeah. is here is because the fit's wrong, right? Bingo. Essentially, Brian Harson was a big middle finger from the former athletic director who's given the middle finger to the Auburn old guard. That's essentially why Harson is here. And it, I almost feel like it was tanked. I'm serious. I mean, it's the craziest concept. And I'm not trying to blame Alan for that. I'm just saying it, it was him and the and the former president working in cahoots there, but they were trying to assert their power, I guess. Just really weird to think that an AD would need to do that, right? That an AD would need to go rogue at his own school to try to get a guy hired. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's, it's incredibly unique. Well, <laughs> it's Auburn being Auburn, right? We call it Jabba over on our board, just Auburn being Auburn. Uh <laughs> So fit is really important. And I mean, at this moment, the fit at Auburn is the biggest story, right? Ryan Harson's perpendicular to what Auburn's trying to do, what Auburn people like. So they need to find someone that fits really well. To me, Lane Kiffin is not that guy. Lane Kiffin is, I would argue, the best play caller in college football. He might be one of the best play callers alive. Uh, he's got a lot of spirit about him. He's got a lot of swag about him. And I think he's an absolute stud. I don't think he belongs at Auburn because Auburn people want the people that are going to make this hire, whatever they want to have their hand in the pie. Mm -hmm. They want to have, I don't necessarily know it's, it's, if it's a control, although you could definitely frame it that way, but they want to be intimately involved. It's and involved. Ain't, not control. It ain't it's Lane involved. Kiffin. No, it's not Lane at all. Lane needs autonomy. Lane needs to be Lane and you let him do what he wants to do. He does not need to be, he does not need to be at Auburn. He's a terrific coach. He's an A plus coach. If Tate state was hiring. Okay. I would love, I would love it. I'd hire Lane Kiffin. I'd make Juice the mascot, and we just roll. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I trust him. He's good. We know this. He replicates it. Well, this is done. I mean, they've they've. I mean, the dog is everywhere. They've basically just made the dog the mascot. No, well, you know the the, the the group Chromio has a song called Juice. It's called I Got Juice. Burn out, burn down. Uh, you and you got to play that with some juice footage. I don't know why they haven't done this already. Anyway. Lane needs to be somewhere where he has total autonomy. I don't know. I mean, Ole Miss, obviously, he's got it. I don't know where else would fit for him, but it ain't Auburn. So let's just squelch that right now. And I don't think they're going to go after him because they know. Yeah. All right. What about another former Ole Miss coach? And listen, I'm concerned about this because mm. because let me, tell you, let me tell you what I'm trying to do over here, 
Just just give me a second. Let me Senator tell you Tuberville I, has a job, okay? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'm <laughs> hey, Ed Orgeron's available. No, uh, um, what I'm trying to do over here, Jay, is I am trying very hard to get, in the event that Mississippi State makes a change that Mike Leach can't get it done, I am trying to get Hugh Freeze the Mississippi State job. <laughs> what do you mean you're trying to get it for him? I am trying to what will – I, I spent that? I spent three years willing Lane Kiffin to Ole Miss into existence, and I plan <laughs> if, if if it takes me if it takes me three months to will you freeze to Mississippi State into existence, Jay, I'm willing to put that work in. Okay, but he's not going to Mississippi State, right? He's going to go to Auburn. You tell me. I mean, I, look, I I'll tell you this: I've talked to people who know Hugh Freeze. Who will tell you that Hugh Freeze believes he's going to Auburn? Well, yeah, and uh, and I I think that's a good fit. I do. I I've, think I've got specificity on staff. Even I mean, I, there I, that there is uh, there's a belief among people close to Hugh Freeze that Hugh Freeze believes he's the next coach at Auburn. Well, that'd be great. Of course, uh, brother Oliver thought he was going to be the next head coach at Auburn in '98. So I mean, you never know. But that's um, true. And and Hugh's gotten himself into some you know since Ole Miss into some boondoggles. Uh, one not too far in the past there where he was like uh, direct messaging with a girl who had made a complaint against uh, some of his players, right? Against, well, was, I think it was against an athletics director. Against an athletic director, yeah. whatever, someone yeah. on, the, on the Liberty team and not the football team, but you know what I mean, team Liberty yeah. University Athletics. And, and he was kind of, you know, he probably shouldn't be messaging her at all. And no. He, I think he felt like he was trying to quell a dispute, you know, and it just didn't, it wasn't the right look. It wasn't his role to do that and just kind of tripping on his dick again. I mean, which is what he does, right? I mean, honestly, I think he's a really good coach and he's a good recruiter. He's an enterprising person. I think it's part of what got him in trouble to start with, but he's all of those things. If I were Auburn, I would hire Hugh Freeze with one stipulation and it would be, we get your uh, Twitter account. <laughs> You don't, you don't tweet. We tweet for you. When Bruce wins a big basketball game, we'll tweet, we'll tweet WDE, great job, Auburn basketball, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when Auburn's uh, uh, softball team wins a, a regional, WDE, great job, coach, whatever, and tight ladies, we're, we're pulling for you, War Eagle. Um, I mean, that, it, would be, it would be so corporate, his Twitter, Twitter account. Yeah, I, I mean, would that be believable? Who gives a damn? All uh, that's going to gives a damn. Oh, well, I, yeah, I know, but but you'd have to say we're you, we're giving you a job that when you got fired at Ole Miss, you could never have imagined that you'd land this job. Yeah, true, true. That you'd be the you'd be the head coach at Auburn six years later. You never would have believed that, and 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 so here it is. It's everything you ever dreamed of. All the tradition, a fan base that 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 is rabid, all of those things. But there's one stipulation: you don't get to tweet. Well, I'm, I'm cool with that, and I think that would solve a lot of problems. Um, because I think Hugh's biggest fault, Jay, is that Hugh searches his name on Twitter and ends up going down rabbit holes. Well, Harson does that, so I mean that we've just learned that recently. So, yeah, there's that. Of course, you want to try to get away from Harson as quickly as you can. Do you think, Neil, knowing what you know about Hugh Freeze, that he could replicate that kind of success at Auburn? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think he's a really good coach. Um, he has a uh, – he's very, very good. And you, you've seen this. You've seen this at Arkansas State. You've seen it at Ole Miss now. You've seen it at Liberty. He's very, very good at going into a program and getting kids to believe and getting kids motivated and all of that thing. The, the job that he did in his, his – first three seasons at Ole Miss is remarkable. 2012, 2013, 2014, what he, what he turned Ole Miss to into in three seasons. I mean, Ole Miss in 2011, Jay, was the worst football team in the history of the sport. Um, they were horrible. They were, they were, I mean, those players' moms would go to the game and go, oh, my God, we suck. I mean, it was, it was that bad. It was so bad. They'd quit. Um, had Ole Miss, and this is hard to believe, had Ole Miss qualified for a bowl game in 2011. Now, they were 2-10, and 10 and they did not come close to qualifying for a bowl game. But had they, 
Um, oh yeah, I might be getting my end of, of eras wrong. Might have been Orgeron's last year at Ole Miss. Had they qualified for a bowl game, thirty or more were academically ineligible. Um, at the end of at the end of Houston Nuts tenure at Ole Miss, though, I don't know how many guys were academically eligible. I can tell you that you would not have wanted to be drug testing at that moment. It was no. things had things had completely dissipated um, within the program, and and Hugh Freeze did a phenomenal job right away bringing them back and. Um, all the stuff that he gets accused of from a recruiting standpoint, A, most of it's untrue. B, all of it would be legal today. Yeah, I think he makes a ton of sense at a place like Auburn. Damn. Now, I would prefer him at Mississippi State for obvious reasons. Why would you prefer uh, him there? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? The storylines that we'd be able to sell and build and have fun with, it'd be great. We do a daily podcast, Jay. We need things to talk about. I, oh, okay. I, could, okay. I could make that work. And Mike Leach is just too – like friendly, right? Like he's, yeah, and he, he doesn't talk not, a lot of smack about Ole Miss, does he? No, he and Lane really like each other. I yeah. mean, so they genuinely like each other. They're friends, and so, and Lane's smart enough to know that if Lane wants to win nationally at Ole Miss, let me make sure I'm making this clear before people get turn me into like saying something I didn't say. I didn't say he's going to. I said he wants to. He wants to win nationally at Ole Miss, and if you're going to win nationally, if you're worried about Mississippi State, it you didn't it didn't matter. You didn't get it done. And I think Lane's, Lane's smart enough to know that. Well, I think that Hugh's going to be involved over here when that time comes. I think Kevin Steele, uh, the defensive coordinator at University of Miami, who was here for a long time, he will be involved as well. Yeah, and there's probably a handful of other guys that will jump in there. I, I don't know exactly yet. I mean, I, I'm still pretty early in this one, but boy. <laughs> Having covered Auburn for 26 years now, I've seen a lot of train wrecks. So I, I know what's coming. We've got a manual. Uh, we've got a checklist. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know what to look for and when it happens, what it looks like, yeah. and who says it. Yeah. I was trying to explain this to uh, a guy who's kind of new on the Auburn media scene the other day. He's re- he's in with with players. He was like, "Man, when this goes down, you know, I got a lot of players to talk to." I said, "My man, <laughs> you've got nothing." Because players are the worst sources of information you can ever imagine. They won't know shit. They will not. That The day it happens, they won't know. No. Nope. Players are notorious for having no idea. So good luck with that. It's, it's It takes money to play that game, to know who's winning, who's going to win that, that coaching job. So anyway, yeah, Auburn's a mess again. I know everybody's fired up about it. Um, hell, Auburn people have turned on him too. I, there's not a lot of people that like Harson. I think they're just there for this, just to watch kind of the train fall apart, you know? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, from a business standpoint, this happening in late September is good for you. Yeah, it's, it's terrific for me, yeah. I mean, it hurts, though, in the sense that, you know, some of the guys on the staff I really like. And, you know, I, I, it's like this with everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. you get to know these guys. and I don't want to see them lose, not because I care about Auburn. It's just because I care about them, you know. And I know their, sure, their wives and their kids and the travails that they've gone through on a personal level. So, but, but I mean, that's at Ole Miss or anywhere. I mean, so. I'm just saying that's the part that's kind of hard, but because sure. they'll reach out to me and say, what are you hearing? And I, you know, I got to make a decision because what I'm hearing is these scumbags need to get the F out, you know, quicker, the better. And I don't, I don't tell them that I don't, I don't have to, I mean, I don't, I don't lie to them, but I don't, I don't tell them all that. As a rule, I've learned that if they call you asking you what you're hearing, they already know what you're hearing. Well, then I just tell them the truth. I just tell them the version that I want to tell them, <laughs> you yeah. know? Sure. I don't have to say that you got called a scumbag five minutes ago. I just say, you know, people are unhappy about you getting crushed by, by Penn State. You know, they know that. Okay. They were out there. They know they got their ass beat. So that's what I'm seeing. Auburn's going to be a mess. And this is this could be one of those slow motion messes, too. They had a bad one in 98 uh, where uh, Bowden either quit or got fired, depending on how you look at it, on October 23rd that year. Is that what day it was? Yeah, October 23, 1998. Uh, that was a Thursday. Yeah. And so that was a long, you know, Tub didn't get hired until it was after the Egg Bowl. And it was like almost a week after the Egg Bowl. So you're, that's past Thanksgiving. We're probably to December 1st at that point, right? So that's yeah, six a week weeks. After the, it was a week after the Iron Bowls, the day after the Egg Bowl. The day after the Egg Bowl. Okay, very nice. I was at the Egg Bowl. You meant Iron. Yes, yeah. I just got it screwed up. I know. So. That was my uh, my first married uh, Thanksgiving. And we, we had our Thanksgiving dinner at the Waffle House in Tupelo, downtown Tupelo. That's hot. It was quaint. It was nice. We we really, yeah. yeah there was a, a great server there who made it special for us. So that was really That's cool. Good. But no, nah, seriously, I I mean it's a good memory. It was a good memory. I had a good time. 
That's back when Langston was running the press box up there, and we had uh, y'all had chocolate covered pretzels, which I was like, yeah, I came from Kentucky where all you got was popcorn and Coke, you know. So I show up at the Ole Miss Egg Bowl, and they had like chocolate covered peanuts, uh, chocolate covered uh, pretzels rather. And I was like, this is delicious. I was fired up, man. I like Chicken Hawk, man. Chicken Hawk, and uh, he had an, a, a lieutenant named Katie a couple years later. Yeah, Katie Lonergan. Yeah. She's yeah. really nice. And uh, good folks, man. Good folks. Yeah. Good times. Good times. All right. Yeah. So this is going to be what my fifth train wreck at Auburn in 26 years, I think. Yeah. The 08 one is this, this team reminds me of 08. It's just, it's just like the Auburn 08 team. They can't score, and the defense is going to start slowly start winding down. You know, that's what it happens. They don't mean to. It's just when you know your offense sucks, it just, it's dispiriting. Anyway, let's go through some of these other uh, scores. I did mention, or you did mention, that Penn State crushed Auburn 41-12 in a game where Auburn was still a 2.5-point uh, underdog. <laughs> it happens, man. Uh, Georgia teabagged South Carolina 48-7. to Yes. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought South Carolina would be giving them a little bit more than that, but yeah, whatever. Georgia's really good. Uh, Kentucky flattened uh, Youngstown State 31 nothing at Kroger's Field. It should have an S on it, by the way. Uh, the fight gave the Armands beat uh, Abilene Christian 34-17. I was actually on his show the other day, and he said that game was tough, man. <laughs> Missouri was a 32-and-a-half-point favorite in that one, so they failed in that, that regard. Uh, Ole Miss, oh, my God, blew away Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins is in deep shit, is he not? Yeah, he's done. I mean, Ole Miss is a good football team, but, I mean, still 42 nothing at home is like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely yikes. Uh, somebody sent me like the latest numbers from Vegas about who the next coach to be fired is. And, and shockingly, Collins was way behind Harson. I couldn't believe that. Oh, really? Harson was number one, but uh, Jeff Collins is number two. I think it was like they had Harson at below even money. So you weren't going to make any money on that bet. <laughs> but he was like two to one, three to one for Jeff Collins. And dude, I saw um the, the Texas A&M coach. He was on there too. Jimbo? They had him as a 20 to one favorite to be the next coach fired. I, they owe him ninety million dollars, dude. They're not going to fire him as as no. bad as he is. Too much money. If it goes bad, they're going to make him hire a coordinator. They ought to make him hire the the fuck former Florida wideout that cucked him. That's what they ought to do. That would be the best thing you could do. Uh, Vanderbilt beat Northern Illinois thirty eight twenty eight. Oh my god, thirty eight twenty. And that's in print. That's not me. That's that was reported. Uh, Alabama beat uh, the fighting Neil McCrady's, the ULM. What are they? The Warhawks now. Yeah, we're the Warhawks now. We had a we seven nothing. You had a seven nothing lead in that one. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so we close. Couldn't, we couldn't hang on. We tried. Uh, in the comments on the uh, ranked app that I used to check scores, CG Bulldog sixteen is an Ohio State fan. By the way, Ohio State just put up seventy seven, trying to do, trying to rag on Alabama for only beating ULM sixty three to seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Good shot. Good shot. Uh, LSU uh, put it to uh, Mississippi State a little bit. Thirty one sixteen. In a game where Mississippi State was a three-point favorite, how about that? LSU showing a little bit more than I expected from them. Are they? I guess they're decent, Neil. I don't know. Um, it was a weird game in the first half of that game. I was watching it and I thought Mississippi State looked so much better than LSU, and then it just flipped. Hmm. Happens sometimes. I just, uh, I just don't know that Mississippi State's got enough offensive versatility to beat good defenses. Ah, uh, I could see that. The Arkansas Razorbacks uh, struggled a little bit to uh, pull away from the fight in Bobby Petrino's of Missouri State. Those of us who are SEMO people, like me, I am the son of a SEMO graduate. We still call that Southwest Missouri State, by the way. They now have rudely taken it to just Missouri State. 38-27, the Hogs won that game. You were there, is that right? I was not at the game. Right, but you were in, in that vicinity. I was in, I was in um, Fayetteville. They were, they were, they were kind of nervous about like that game all day a little bit because I think they thought that Arkansas would sleepwalk a little bit after coming off of two pretty big games and getting ready for two pretty big games and that they thought this was kind of a trap and they knew that Petrino's a... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. For as bad of a person as he is, he's a brilliant offensive mind and that they would have a really good plan and that Petrino would treat this game personally. And they were right on all counts. But yeah. They played a really – Arkansas played a pretty good fourth quarter and salvaged their – at the end of the day, it will, it will not matter. But, yeah, it was close. It was a little scary yeah. for them, I'm sure. How about that? Tennessee beat the worst team in major college football, if you want to call it that, uh, the Akron Zips, 63-6. to Sheesh. Uh, Tennessee got a big game this weekend. We'll talk about that in a minute. Florida over the Bulls of South Florida. That was a tough game, man. Uh, <laughs> the Bulls should have had that tying field goal. But the, the holder just, like, dropped the ball, and the kicker had to kick it flat with the nose pointed right into his foot. And it's still the kick was pretty damn close. But, yeah, it was a special team screw-up right there. Tough. Uh, and then the fighting Jimbos, in a kind of a grinded-out game, uh, beat the U, which is a credible team, you know, 17-9. to Jimbo three times took his glasses off through the middle, so you knew he was pissed. <laughs> Uh, and again, Jimbo's twenty to one to be the next coach in the country to get fired. I, I don't see that happening. No, nah, they would owe That'd too much happy. money. You know what, though, we'll talk about it at the, at the end because they have Arkansas this weekend, and after that, it, it stays. Their schedule's weird the next few weeks. Well, <laughs> he's weird, so yeah, they could they could lose some games. Is my point? Yeah, that'd be tough. Are you going to do the creamy center now? Yeah, let's 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 go get some cream because we still got to go through uh, these these games coming up this week. We're finally to the point in the season where people are playing real games, so that's going to be fun. Uh, the weekend before, uh, I had to go. I'm sorry, I went up to Atlanta for my wife's birthday. Uh, she wanted to see Amy Schumer. It's her favorite comic, one of her favorite TV stars. I don't know if you know her, but she's a foul mouthed woman. I say that lovingly, uh, and she talks. You know, she has kind of a tawdry sense of humor. So anyway, I go up there and, um. You know, it's, it's a solid show. Uh, you know, outside the show, I mean, obviously there's a lot of girls there. Um, I wouldn't say it's a real pro straight male environment. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, it, it seemed sort of gay there. What I mean, actually, like like a lot of gay folks, and that's cool. Uh, I'm good with that. Totally, as we'll get into in the story. But uh, yeah, the the you know the first comic, the warm up comic, was a transgender uh, per girl, and. Uh, from there, it went into like basically hating on Republicans, which it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm a Republican myself, but it doesn't. I mean, I, I can see the flaws. Um, not a big deal. And then we go into the the show, and everything's great. Here's where it gets really interesting. So I leave. I've been hanging out. Well, I don't really know if I should go into that, but anyway, when I walk out, there are so many chicks. I have never been to a place. I've told you before. I thought Disneyland was the best place for milfs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Outside the Amy Schumer concert in Atlanta was the the most concentrated group of MILFs that were right up my alley I've ever seen in my life. I honestly felt like I was in heaven. I really thought something bad had happened to me. 
Describe this collection of women, if you would. All right, middle-aged, white, bleached hair, bad attitudes, mouthy. I mean, this is right in my alley. And also, like, one little subtle thing that I picked up on about halfway through my, my trip home. They're kind of walking that line, that straddling that line between gay and straight girls. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of have that lesbian look, but not necessarily. That's a good thing. I, I don't I don't I made that statement to my wife, you know, I was like, these girls are really hot. And I can't really quite tell if they're straight or gay. And she was like, you know, that's kind of your thing. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> my wife played college athletics and she wore a lot of eyeliner. So, you know, I mean, since she does get hit on sometimes. So, I mean, I get it by girls, I should say. Uh, so anyway, I have never seen that many hot chicks in one place in my life. So uh, God bless Amy Schumer. I, I the show I barely remember, but uh, the girls outside, my God, if there were just some upside down pineapples out there, I'd have been stoked. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, I mentioned this to you uh, uh, before the show about meme stocks. I asked you if you ever uh, invest in meme stocks and you I are only really, vaguely familiar. I've heard of them. I, I don't really know what they are. So there's a Reddit, there's a subreddit on Reddit called Wall Street Bets, and it's basically everybody just sits around with our own lingo and just talk about how much money we lose in the stock market. And the way we do this is we invest in companies that we just kind of like, not that make financial sense. And that group includes like GM, uh, GameStop, GME, uh, AMC Theaters, BlackBerry. Uh, currently, the big one is Bed Bath & Beyond, BBBY. Uh, God, there's some other ones too, uh, just Clover and all this stuff. And we just basically buy them because we like them. It's it's the worst way to do it. So I'll buy like two or three shares at like, you know, whatever, eight bucks. And I just try to hang on. And then invariably I lose money, but I'm just doing it for fun, you know. And so I jumped on BBBY. I thought it was going to go to the moon. <laughs> Bought it at $7.91. It's currently yeah. trading at like $7.50. So I've lost, you know, like a dollar or whatever. But it sure is fun to be on this meme train. I, I own one share of AMC stock and stuff. I could be putting my money in much better stuff, but I absolutely love just being part of the Wall Street Bets community. And they have their whole, you know, lingo about diamond hands and we're ape and ape are strong together and all this stuff. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I'm sorry you're not involved, but you don't do it to make money. Yeah. So, seems like if you're doing stocks, the goal should be to try to make some money. I know, but I mean, I'm losing very little because I'm yeah, not putting much yeah. in, but. You're not putting real money. I in. think these people did make a lot of money on GME, though, uh, when it went up about a year and a half ago. I mean, they they did take that to the moon. And I think there's people on that board, a lot of them on that board that made 50, 60, 70, maybe more thousand dollars on that. Oh, wow. So, I do yeah, remember that story, yeah. They'll post their loss porn now, though, because those guys all went ahead and invested in stuff that has gone down since then. And so these people will have lost like 80, 90, $100,000. And it's amazing. Everybody's so proud of them for losing that money. Oh wow! Anyway, doesn't sound like you're seen, does it? No, no. I'm, I'm. I do remember that. And now that you talk about it, I can now think some of the. I can go back and remember the lingo that I saw that I didn't understand at the time, and now I sort of do. But um, well, paper now, hands. Paper hands is when you take a stock, and as soon as it goes up, you sell it. That's called having paper hands. But apes, us strong apes, we have diamond hands, and that means we hold, we hold, we hold. We don't even. We never sell. We just hold forever. So there you go. There's your list. And the Amy Schumer thing. That's uh, I don't I don't think that was my crowd. I don't I don't think they would have liked me very much. I yeah, don't I don't think, I, I don't think I would have fit in too well. Like, is it the lesbian gay part of it? Like that the girls were a little just. Yeah. What I, I think your your description of. Um, it's just it's proof that we all like different things sure. and we all have different types. I, I don't know that I would have the, the, the way that you described that assemblage. I, I don't know that, uh, that would have, I would have been particularly aroused. I should say. I, I thought you were in tears the first time I described that to you before the show. <laughs> I, was, I was literally crying the first time you described it. You also described your, uh, the, the, the people in front of you and, uh, you described some. Oh of yeah. We had some young lesbians in front of us. When I say young, they were like probably early twenties and they were, they were they were really into each other. Uh, it's like a group of five or six of them, and they were literally like, I mean, they were getting it on. And, and Courtney's real cool with stuff like this. Like she's just kind of a live and let live gal. But even she was like, "Hey, y'all, we're just trying to watch a show here, you know." And I was like, "I'm not that mad about it, Courtney." <laughs> You're like, "Hey, let them let them keep going." But the show is basically just Amy Schumer up there talking, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, she's, you know, she's doing a routine. It's like 45 minutes to an hour or whatever, and everybody's having a good time. And I had a good time. 
there were a few guys when I was up in line for getting food, you know, that were just kind of like, you could tell they were in my situation, like where they got brought, you know, and you were like, Hey man, uh, you know, you just here for your wife. And he's like, yeah. And we just kind of, you know, commiserate and go, yeah, I get yeah. it, man. Well, fuck it. You know, you can get some bourbon. So we got that going for us. And so I had some bourbon and got ripped, you know, as usual, but whew, man, if I just had like one, you know, boardwalk card or something, that would have been the night to play it. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Wow. Wow, a lot of eyeliner, a lot of a lot of bleached hair, and a lot of attitude. I'm telling you, this is right up my alley. I, I hate that you didn't have that that uh, that that card on you. That would yeah, no, someday, someday it'll happen. Sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I was just I I, didn't, I have it on my notes here. Brett Favre is a dick. Um, he, this was about his a, attempt to get some money for the Southern Miss volleyball uh, facility, and he was going to get paid to promote it. million apparently. So he allegedly took money that was uh, earmarked for the poor and invested it (laughs) into. Well, it was. was, Oh my God. Yes. I didn't know it was that bad. He took money that was, that was earmarked for, I mean, the underprivileged, whatever people that needed the money. And, and he uh, allegedly used those funds to build a, um, Volleyball building, court building, whatever, center, facility, volleyball facility. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's pretty crummy. I mean. Yeah, it's crummy. But it, it shouldn't surprise you if you ever encountered much with Brett Favre. You, you shouldn't be surprised that Brett Favre's that way. Is he a, he's a dick? I mean, do we know this? I, look, I've only had one interaction with Brett Favre. At the time, he was the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. It was at the probably the apex of his career. So I had to get a sip of water. I was um, I was in Mobile, and it was back when I his dad had died the previous season, and the paper. Remember the big tabs we used to do, Jay? Oh yeah, all the tabs. Well, this was going to be the the cover of the pro football tab. And they're like, just write. Just write. There's no limit. Just write. But make it good. Do a Brett Favre story. (laughs) Great. And so I go over to uh, Kiln, Mississippi. We call it Kill. We call it Kill. Near near the coast. And I I talked to Brett's mom. I talked to his sister. I talked to his brother. I talked to all these people there in town about Brett. And about his dad dying and all that stuff. And then I talked to all these other people. And finally, uh, the, I go up to Green Bay. The paper sends me to Green Bay. The Saints, who I covered that year, were um, playing an exhibition game at Lambeau. And I go up to Green Bay. The game's on a Saturday. And I get there like on a Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. I, I think I got there on Wednesday night. And I'd arranged to interview Favre on Thursday plan was I was going to talk to him on Thursday and then I'd have time to incorporate all those quotes and stuff. And the deadline to send the story in was Saturday night because the tab was running on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. You got to have it. Yeah. And I get there on Thursday. I go to the Colts, not the Colts, the, uh, the Packers practice. And, um, I'm watching and talking to people, talk to a couple of beat writers, getting some extra stuff for this story that I'm kind of getting pretty stoked about. And the guy comes over to me and goes, Hey, uh, Brett, can't do it today. He'll do it tomorrow. Okay. That's fine. A little, little, little bummed, but no big deal. Yeah, I got it. Talked to a couple of the Packers wide receivers, getting stuff for the story, go back to the hotel, uh, add some stuff into the story that I'd gotten from Green Bay, um, kind of adding some color. Story's still really good. I've got these kind of holes in the story for comments from Brett Favre. Okay? So go out in Green Bay that night actually go to, like, he had Favre Steakhouse or something. I went by there, added some stuff. I'm really excited about this story. I mean, it's really good. I've put a lot of work into it. And, you know, I'm a young, enthusiastic journalist at this point. And um, I go to the Packers walkthrough on Friday. It's at Lambeau Field. It's my first time ever in Lambeau Field. I get to go down on the field at Lambeau, and it's like, this is great. This is, like, legendary place and all that stuff. And the guy comes over to me and goes, Brett, can't do it today. What? I I need I need to talk to him. I've come here from Mobile to talk to him. Yeah, he's not doing it today. So 
I'm like, well, that sucks. And now I'm kind of, instead of going back to my hotel and finishing my story, filing it happily, I, I go back and I'm kind of panicked now. And so I do what you have to do at that point, which is I start to sort of rewrite the story with no Brett Favre. And I spend hours and hours and hours to make the story readable and about Brett Favre without talking to Brett Favre with the dateline Green Bay, Wisconsin, which makes no effing sense if you're reading it at that point. And so I, 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 I appeal to the, the media guy who tells me Brett's not going to do it. He didn't want to do it. And I said, well, let me just tell you all I've done for the story. I've talked to all these people, and I, I, really, need, I really need to talk to Brett. I talked to his mom. I talked to all this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look really weird. So he finally comes and gets me at halftime of the Saints-Packers game and says, because Favre played the first quarter and then came out like they always do at exhibitions. Yeah. So Brett, Brett will talk to you now. So I go down into the locker room at Lambeau halftime of the Saints-Packers game, talked to Brett Favre, who was fine. He could have been a lot nicer. He wasn't. He was fine. That's all I'll say. I get a handful of quotes, rush back up to the, to the, uh, the press box, tell the people in Mobile, hey, don't run what you've got. I just talked to Favre. Let me, and I'm scrambling to rewrite this story that I've put a lot of effort and time and, 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 and thought into, all because Brett Favre decided to be a dick and not talk to me on Thursday like he should have. And or he Friday. Or Friday. Either one. And I'd have been great. That's my experience with Brett Favre. And it was just kind of, he was big-timing me. He's big time. Tall he, wasn't, he was at the time, but. Is he now Just hanging out in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Yeah, maybe the not. About, like, that's the thing about players, man, is the day's going to come when you're not a player anymore. Yeah. And when it comes that you're not a player anymore, it's going to help to be a decent person. Yeah, I hate to hear that. Because I used to really like him as a player, but now I don't like him anymore. It happens sometimes. A um, couple other things before we get to the uh, this week's uh, face-offs. In the SEC world, I did. I logged out of the bunker on Sunday. I'm somebody. I try to. I pride myself on being the most uh, immersed, or available, or involved mod in America, like yeah. anywhere. I mean, I literally post probably thirty to fifty times a day. I'm on yeah, the you bunker. Have get, you have get-togethers with your people. You All have, kinds of stuff, man. I mean, some of these people are like my legit friends that I have met through the bunker. I mean, I I, I really care and. I just logged out because I thought people were taking some personal shots at me, and it's because they're mad about Harson. It's no, there's nothing else. It's not like I've done something wrong or I said something bad to them. They they're just irritable because they know Harson sucks, and this is going to be a big mess. And they're mad at me. It's weird. Uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. This probably happened to you too when things have gone awry at Ole Miss. Yes. People think that they're like all of a sudden empowered to call you names and and act like a fool. Mm-hmm. So I logged out and I just said, you know what, guys, I'm out for a while. And it's been great. <laughs> I have not posted. I, I went back today and posted because just because I had a piece of content I wanted to get on the board. And then I logged back out. Haven't interacted at all. Um, and it's interesting to I, I'm looking forward to coming back and reading all the messages. I know how it's going to go. Ninety percent of folks will be like, you know, this sucks, JG, my bad. Love you. And then they'll be the same 10 percent that want to call me a dick and call me a whatever a teenage girl because i'm too i have my thin my skin is too thin dude i've been there 10 years at some point you know what i mean like you can yeah. get irritated yeah you can and i can be way too thin skinned and i know it but I, i'm also not a trash talker and so i don't like it when people trash talk me i guess i don't know what it is well Screw you've been that. a trash talker in the past though i'm not saying on the board but on twitter you have not really. I would argue that you were semi-toxic on Twitter at one point. Oh, I just think I was right. <laughs> That's what they all say, bro. I mean, well, I, I, I think I think what got a lot of people upset at me back in 2020, I've been proven to be right. Okay. Well, I got, the, I, I got the vaccine, and I'm fine. So. Well, I never said the vaccine was bad. I said that masks weren't necessary. That we didn't have to shut down schools. I'm not going here with right. you again. I know, but I was right. We didn't. I'm not to, not to, I'm just saying people said, oh, no. And turns out we didn't have to shut down schools and we knew it and we did it anyway. All right. That's all I ever said. 
Anyway, it's been nice for me to log out of the bunker. Uh, I I feel like my mood's been better. <laughs> and again, these are great. These are good folks. And you know, ninety nine percent of the time, Auburn's not a heaping dumpster fire, and things are fine. But right now, it is, and everybody just gets mad. They got to take it out on whoever's around. It's not just JG; it's everybody. You know. But I yeah. Just, well, it's because they don't get to take it out on the people that they'd really like to get to take it out on. That's true. It's it's easier to shoot the messenger than it is to go after the people that you've cheered for or or they can't like they literally can't go yeah yeah you can't you don't get a you don't get a forum with brian harson posting you get a forum with you so they'd probably like to nut him just give him a little nut you know like just a little you just kind of make like a little knuckle and you just kind of pop him right in the nuts not to get back into that whole deal it's just like you said the ending of this is pretty predictable i mean yeah i mean it it was and it was predictable a year ago when when you have a coup and the coup doesn't work, there are only two possible outcomes. One is that the guy just goes on some meteoric rising, like a phoenix rising from the ashes and becomes a superstar. Or it's a disaster and people are like, okay, well, let's finish the coup. Well, and Auburn's seen both. I mean, Tuberville after the 03 season was yeah. the meteor, you know? He was. Went undefeated the next year. And, and that was rare, you know? That's not really how it typically happens. Right. So. Very now, rare. Now we're getting the, what typically happens. Yeah, this is what typically happens. They just don't have. Do they don't have any firepower, man? Auburn, there's no solution. I mean, they might they might get some better miles out of this quarterback, this young quarterback. But I mean, that's you're not going to solve that. It doesn't solve the offensive line problem. And so you know, just, you know who has mileage? Lay it on me, Cathead. Oh my gosh, so much staying, mileage. Staying power, mileage. They Cathead rises like a meteor all the time. Well, yeah, I mean and. You know, we, the reason we love Cathead is because they kick ass, and it's a great product. And I've got to find my reader. <laughs> That's okay. While, while you're finding yours, I'll tell you real quick that uh, we're also brought to you by uh, Pinnacle, based out of Madison, Mississippi, financial planning, retirement planning. Well, uh, they'll sit down with you. It's kind of a weird stock market, weird time in the markets, interest rates going up, things like happening. People talk about recessions. Is it a recession? You can play with your own money a little bit, have some fun with some meme stocks on, on a little bit of stuff. But when it comes to your real money, you want to sit down with the professional, somebody who knows what they're doing, who will take care of you, who understands your unique situation. That's Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com. M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Hello, kitty. If, for those of you who aren't able to watch at home, Jay's got a um, cat in his hands. Um, we're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in uh, Memphis. If you are uh, already thinking about maybe a holiday trip, thinking about a trip for next summer, maybe for something for spring break, whatever the case may be, John's really, really good, and he can make a trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. All you got to do is just give him some parameters, give him a budget, and um, sit back and do nothing. He'll take care of you. He'll help come up with a plan for a uh, vacation that uh, – you'll be talking about for a long time and that your family will love. Just best way to get in touch with them is get started by sending them an email, J Edwards, initial J Edwards at regencytravel.net. Uh, you know who else is stud? Cathead Distillery. They're makers of fine spirits and other delicious refreshments that can be found throughout the Southeast and beyond. Their newest product is spreading like wildfire throughout the swimming pools, particularly the one in my neighborhood. Uh, shindigs and get-togethers of my locale and yours. It's Cathead Sparkling. A vodka cocktail in a colorful aluminum vessel, 5% ABV, 100 calories only, and is always gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. Sparkling comes in, Cathead Sparkling comes in eight packs of four different flavors. Uh, you get four different flavors each. The limeade, the strawberry lemonade, uh, the satsuma mandarin, and the cranberry. Those are in the uh, the current ones. And then they have these new ones that have come out, with include the mango, the raspberry, the cucumber, and the pineapple. I've not been able to find those over here in my location, but I cannot wait. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor outlets near you. You can always find them in the main pool at Hampstead Neighborhood in Montgomery, Alabama, because Courtney and I go over there for what we call poolishness uh, with our friends Becky and Chris sometimes, and uh, we break out the Cathead Sparkling every single time. Now, we had a gal ask us about it last night. We were like, Cathead Sparkling, you need to get some. They're at the ABC store near us. Cathead also, of course, made waves in the beginning. With their Cathead Vodkas. Currently, the big one is the Cathead Bitter Orange, uh, which is delicious in a cocktail. Uh, that's the thing about vodka. 
and these uh, flavored vodkas, they're always, there's a way to use each one of them in a delicious cocktail. Of course, uh, the big one is the Cat Hit Honeysuckle. You can also find that Blue Cat, the regular vodka. You can also find their Pecan Vodka, which is the Green Cat. Muy Delicioso. Cat Heads bourbons are excellent as well. You've known about the 90 Proof Old Soul for years, but their Single Barrel Old Soul 109 Proof is a terrific standalone pour. I was very fired up to find those at my ABC store last week, and I got some, and I am pounding them. Uh, absolutely delicious. You can also find sometimes the Tin Type Series, which is a seven-year 119 proof bourbon. Those are difficult to find in my state. They're allocated, but they are Muy Delicioso if you can find them. And if you find that 13 or 15-year-old old soul, you better buy it or JG's going to be mad at you. Look, you need Cathead in your life. Seek out their Cathead Sparkling or any of their fine spirits next time you're out, including that Bristow Gin or that Hoodoo Chicory Liqueur. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry Cathead, make a request. Ask them to carry Cathead. Life is better with Cathead in it. So do what you got to do and get that Cathead. We've got a nice slate of games coming up this weekend, Neil McCready. Um, we do. Some stinkers and some good ones. Auburn playing host to the Missouri Tigers. That's going to be an 11 a.m. game on ESPN. Auburn is a seven-point favorite. Wow. I know Missouri can't really score, but neither can Auburn. I just Auburn. have a hard time laying seven points, though, Jay, because I don't know if Auburn can move the football. Yeah, That's what either. worries me about it, like from a betting standpoint. Missouri's not good. I watched Kansas State run all over Missouri. Yeah, that was on the road. This is on the road. You know, these two coaches know each other. Uh, Drink was hired by Harson back years ago, and I think they're as close as you can be as of, of a buddy with Harson not being from Boise. I think that's where Drink okay. fits in. So that's kind of interesting sub subtext on that one. But uh, yeah, I think Auburn wins that game. But if they don't, it's on. You think Auburn covers? Yes. Okay. All right. Auburn wins this one like 21-7 or something like that. It'll be okay. gross. It'll be gross regardless. Uh, Georgia playing host to the Kent State Golden Eagles. My wife was like, why are they playing Kent State? I'm like, Courtney, just you worry about the Royals. Okay. She got up at four in the morning the other day to watch the, the Queen's burial. Yeah. Absolutely fascinated with it. I don't understand it. I, I, I can't imagine something more boring or dreary. Whatever. Mississippi State playing host to Bowling Green, who's probably the second worst team in major college football, coached by former offensive coordinator Scott Leffler. Yeah. I have no idea how he still has a job. This team sucks, absolutely sucks from top to bottom. Yeah, I love Mississippi State minus the points here. I, they, they destroy teams like this all the time, routinely. I mean, you could see this would be like a 63-6 to six or something like that. Oh, easy. I, yeah, I mean, because if, if, you're, if you're not super athletic and stuff and you're not like pretty good on defense, that – that offense that they run will just pick you apart. They'll score yeah. at will. We saw that last year at Auburn, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Auburn had that game wrapped up. I was like, well, got him. And then, whoop. Yeah, That's I what happens. That. that was wild. Mississippi State, a 30-point favorite in that game. That's going to be an 11 a.m. game on SEC Network. Uh, the marquee game of the week, Tennessee playing host to the hated Florida Gators, uh, a game where Tennessee is a 10.5-point favorite. My wife could not believe it. She's like, wait, Tennessee doesn't suck? Yeah, no, oh, not really. They're good. They're making progress very quickly. She goes, "Who the hell is the coach?" I said, "Josh Heupel." She goes, "Who the hell is that?" Anyway, he's the one that's making Gus all that money right now. Tennessee, a ten and a half point favorite. Uh, that's going to be on CBS two thirty. Looks like the weather's going to be great. Uh, at three o'clock on the SEC Network, we have got the aforementioned Ole Miss Rebels taking on a team that's near and dear to my heart, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. It's singular, by the way. That game's going to be contested in beautiful Oxford, Mississippi on a great but going to be a little bit warm afternoon. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. I kind of like Ole Miss on the points here. Um, I just think they, they're they going to score. They Their offense looks to be kind of beginning to click a little. They're tremendous on the ground, and, and I think Ole Miss defensively is pretty good. Yeah, you've got a uh, got one of my hometown boys over there on that running attack, Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah, he's a beast. Yes, he I, is. How did he get out of Alabama without offers from Alabama and Auburn? Well, he did get an offer from Auburn, but Ole Miss got to him first, and he told him to stick it. Oh, okay. How about yeah. That? yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a beast. They were really slow to catch on to how good he was, but I wasn't, and the people at Pike Road weren't. And Ole Miss got in there, and he said, Ole Miss said, we're going to feature you as part of a really good offense. And he said, I'm in, and that was it. And so good for him. Yeah, 
And I hope he goes over there and and scores a lot of touchdowns and pulls in a lot of chicks. I hope that that's exactly what his life is like at Ole Miss because he deserves it. Kids, yeah, a, a number one stud. Yeah, hell of a period. Uh, another delicious game here uh, being contested in Arlington, Texas. Six o'clock on ESPN. That's going to be, uh, I don't know who the home team here is, but Texas A&M against the hated, no, I'm just kidding, the, the beloved Arkansas Razorbacks. I think A&M's technically the home team this year. Okay. Fair enough. A&M is a two-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 49. Interesting. I would love to think? see Arkansas. I hope Arkansas wins by 50. Well, no, you hope that. Everybody who doesn't like uh, – who likes the A&M thing falling apart hopes that. But what do you think? Arkansas by 14. Do you really? Yeah. I think A&M sucks. And I think Arkansas just plays big, mean football. And I like what they're doing. The the thing about A and M that was interesting last week is that they they beat Miami in that kind of sloppy weird game and and A and M's good on defense but I start reading I'm gonna leave names out of it but I read people who cover Texas A and M who write about oh Max Johnson solved all the quarter I was like wait I watched this game he was not very good I mean A chain the running back's tremendous yes and they're they're, they're good at they're good on defense but. I didn't see anything in their offensive line play or their quarterback play to make me go, oh, yeah, boy, here we go, A&M, back to being a beast on offense. And it's still Jimbo calling that kind of predictable offense. Yeah, well. I don't know. I I think this is a really close game. I got Arkansas by two touchdowns. (laughs) Not even thinking about it. Not worried about three. Just just real quick, if you're right, if Arkansas blows them out two, three touchdowns, um, number one, good for Sam Pittman, but number two, and more importantly, A and M's in trouble because they got to go to Mississippi State next week, then they got to go to Alabama, then they get Florida at home, Ole Miss at home. They got, they got to go. I think they got to go to Auburn. They got, they got issues. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> one man's opinion. Six o'clock on ESPN two. Kentucky playing host to the NIU Huskies. Uh, nobody gives a shit. Uh, Six thirty. SEC Network, Alabama plays host of Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, I mean, they're decent for them, I guess. Yeah, they if, did well. If this was in Nashville and Commodore Walk was the intimidating oh. place that I, I know it can be, that would be different. But Can you imagine? Since this one's in Brighton-Denny, you know, they're going to do the Walk of Legends and then it's over. Uh, the one we'll thing take- that's interesting is that ULM wore Alabama down, really stressed them last week. And so you don't know yeah. you don't know whether they kind of left an exposed soft underbelly for Vanderbilt to attack. It's tough, yeah. Yeah. Alabama's a forty and a half point favorite in that game. Oh, come on, bro. Are, are Vanderbilt you, that bad? Did you read the quote from a couple I can't remember the Alabama player specifically, but he said, I've never played in a more physical game than the one I just played against ULM. Oh, stop. He did. He said he said that was uh I think the exact quote was I don't know how we survived that. And then he said, what's interesting is that those guys were the smartest group of guys we've ever played against. And they're great ski jumpers. Um, And he said they were were also phenomenal gentlemen. They're all going to do great things in life, was the quote. I I can't remember who exactly said it, but it was said. That's what ULM men do. They become great men. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what happens. Uh, The South Carolina Gamecocks, who are currently one and two, Playing host to the Charlotte Miners. Or no, they're the 49ers now. 49ers. 49ers, my bad. They've got a pickaxe as their little logo. Uh, South Carolina, a 22-point favorite in that one. Again, ESPNU 630. Uh, And then ESPN Plus, you don't even get on the actual broadcast here. LSU playing host to the New Mexico Lobos. Uh, 31.5-point favorite for LSU. Goodness gracious. So what happened? What's the late game? What's going to be the late national game? Uh, there must be. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's anything good. Oh damn, that sucks. There's Clemson. Wake Forest is a game, but I think that's a day game. Yeah, that's an that's an early game. Uh, I tell, tell you, one to watch is USC Oregon State late. Uh, yeah, there's a few decent games late. You got at a seven o'clock. You got uh, on National Fox. You got Oklahoma Kansas State, which you know Kansas State did so many nasty things to. Missouri, you think they're at least capable of something. Uh, as you mentioned, Oregon State, USC, that game's in Corvallis on the Pac-12 network, 830 kickoff on that one. Oregon State, a six-and-a-half-point dog. 
Uh, I don't see anything else that gets me wet. Washington gets Stanford. I mean, maybe. That's it. So that's what you got to get fired up about. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Kansas State and Oklahoma. I always like it when there's a, a good late game on. It's fun. Also, I want to give credit to San Diego State. They they built a stadium. It's called Snapdragon Stadium there in San Diego. It's like just oh, for they, them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. It's like just the right size for them, you know? Because those days, everybody used to build stadiums and shit that were way too big. And I feel yeah, like there's people, kind of a, yeah. Small is in now. Auburn did a great job. I thought they were ahead of the curve with their new basketball arena. Well, not new anymore. It's probably 10 years old. But I, I thought it was too small at the time. But it works perfectly. And Yeah. That's you know, great. The pavilion is the same way. Like it's just the perfect size, I think. And Ole Miss is going to get back one way or another, and it'll be rocking. It'll be perfect. But anyway, that Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego, which is for the Aztecs, it's really really cool. All right, Neil McCready. I think that wraps up episode one number one hundred ninety of G Pits. One ninety. We're done in the books. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Be safe if you're traveling to the game of your choice, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week on Greatest Pod in the South. For Jay, I'm Neil. Take care. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.